Any of you guys see Lost on TV? That TV show? I haven't. Apparently it's very popular. But I just, I was Googling things about Lost and that's the title of my message uh, today and that came up a lot. But one of the uh, most, uh, one of the first reality TV shows besides American Idol um, I started watching was this show called I Shouldn't Be Alive. <laughs> it's, uh, it kind of takes our basic fears and dramatizes uh, scenarios where people have uh, got lost just on a hike, got left behind on vacation like uh, Donovan did, I think, didn't you? <laughs> a little bit late to the bus, right? Uh, people go uh, sc uh, snorkeling or scuba diving and they pop up a little farther from the boat and they get lost at sea. And uh, they have to survive, right? Crazy things. But we can get lost in different situations, right? Lost is such a very broad topic. Um, lost in direction. We could be socially lost, right? In a crowd, but lost. Uh, midlife crisis. You can even be home in your family relations and connected but not connected. Lost. So um, this uh, next couple messages are going to start, at first I had uh, one message, but uh, it got too broad and um, it, it uh, morphed into a couple messages here. So um, we will be talking about being lost. Jesus often used that term, so it's going to be a multifaceted, we could be lost from uh, society, Outcast from life, outcast, lost job, a lost relationship, lost innocence, lost direction, lost esteem, lost morality. The kingdom of God calls out to the lost affected by sin. Sin from within and sin from others in the world. Calls out to the world with hope and healing. So some of us went to see the Jesus Revolution last week, and here's a little clip from it. The Jesus Revolution is about uh, the tail end of the hippie movement, the 60s of free love and rebellion against the Vietnam War and the establishment. And a lot of people, young people, I think it was a youth movement, uh, were very disillusioned and uh, were looking for love in all the wrong places. And a lot of them uh, found religion, found Jesus. Initially, they were called Jesus freaks, right? Uh, many of the uh, movement, the founders, uh, found uh, contemporary Christianity, Christian music, non-denominational uh, churches as well. But uh, besides that, it was a very excellent movie, and we'll have, maybe we'll have just some discussion next week as well breaking down the movie. So we won't give any spoiler alerts uh, to the movie, but uh, Jesus gave glimpses of the kingdom of God, right? Healing physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And Jesus often, many of the times, most, most of the time, went to sinners and tax collectors, the outcasts, the lost. Here in this chapter in uh, Luke 15, 
I've talked about the prodigal son many, many, many times. Um, I assume that people have been exposed to the prodigal son. But finally, we're going to be introduced to Luke 15. Uh, it is actually a trilogy of parables. And this is the context, the loss, the outcasts. Here it is, Luke 15. All the tax collectors and sinners came near to Jesus to listen to him. The Pharisees and scribes were grumbling, saying, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. To eat with someone back in the day was to truly accept the person for who they were. And this was just um, confounding to the religious establishment at that time. So Jesus told them this parable. And it's interesting uh, you've heard of the parable of the lost coin, the parable of lost sheep, right? The parable of lost sons. But it's interesting if I've uh, often read scripture and, you know, I have a pretty vivid imagination and uh, um, I read between the lines. And so it's easy to go off on tangents and, and get certain things out of the Bible, scripture, um, but it's important to, as I'm, I'm teaching more and more and preaching more and more, it's important to let the Bible speak to us. So here it says, he told him this parable. It's one parable, okay? And it goes back to the very beginning of, of uh, where Jesus was welcoming and eating and teaching and saving and healing sinners, people that were despised, people that were marginalized, just like that little clip from the Jesus Revolution, people that don't look like us, all right? This was what Jesus was doing. You know, we kind of, you came to church this morning thinking, well, I hope I, you know, I get a connection with God. <laughs> Jesus came, was sitting with people outside of these walls, okay, if we were to bring it home. So he told him this parable, and it was a trilogy of, of parables. The parable is the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost sons. We only have time to kind of touch upon the parable of the lost sheep and the lost coin, and then we'll continue next week. So if you come again, uh, that's, you can read ahead, and that's where we'll be headed. So he told him this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep, and losing one of them does not leave the 99 and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. And uh, we have to get into, uh, you, know, first, you know, first century mindset. You know, shepherd was like working for the state of California. It was the most common job in the world. <laughs> it was like the uh, bread and butter job, Right? Those of you in technology, it's like a, a bread and butter IT job, <laughs> okay? And to lose one, you know, a tenth, uh, uh, one of your sheep was a huge, huge deal. Uh, very much like, uh, you know, if you go on vacation, right? You go to uh, sightseeing to sightseeing, and then you're all ready to go. What do, you do? what do they do? What do the leaders do? They give a head count, right? Okay. There's 10 of us in, you got to be 10 of us out. Or if you take any of your kids on a field trip, same thing. One of the other ones, okay, my group's ready to go. 
the same type of care and concern that this parable talks about. Or I threw up Home Alone up there. Home Alone 1, Home Alone 2, Home Alone 3, around the holidays, right? It's all about this mother going on vacation, family, and she gives the head count. She's on the plane, ready to relax, and boom, right? The camera zooms up in her face. Where's Kevin? Was that his name? I forgot. Where is he at? I left him at home. And the whole drama of her uh, saga of getting back home. So it's important that we, we don't read too much into scripture. The technical word is called eisegesis, okay? Jesus is uh, exegesis and eisegesis. It's a word for getting the meaning out of exo, exo, right? Is uh, to get the meaning out of scripture. Isogesis is to read things into the scripture. Now, sometimes we could read behind the lines and, you know, it speaks to us in certain ways. But here, um, if we talk about the sheep, you know, we sometimes uh, I've approached this passage and thought, well, what does this really mean? You know, the the stories of the prodigal sons, you know, the, the prodigal left and, and sinned willfully, right? That's uh, like sins of commission, we call it, committing willful, conscious uh, acts against God. Um, and here sheep just kind of wander off. They get lost, right? Maybe not their own fault. Maybe they were just weak-minded and led astray. You know, you can go into that. Um, a lot of uh, interpretations of scripture just go off to uh, crazy, weird places, just like the Song of Solomon, right? It's uh, about physical love between a man and a woman. And uh, uh, reading into scripture, you know, sometimes they, everything is, they think it's allegorical, right? <laughs> the body parts are, you know, the Bible can't be talking about physical love. <laughs> that can't happen. So they talk about, uh, interpret it as allegory. But here, um, Jesus actually interprets the parable for us. So if one had 99 sheep and one wanders astray, Jesus says, um, actually Matthew as well uh, interprets it. He says, so it is not the will of your father in heaven that one of these little ones should be lost. So talking about uh, people, not your income. That's not it. So how can we go lost? How can we go astray? Uh, the opposite of God's will, not God's will, but our will. We can go astray. We could forfeit peace and fill it with faith in other things, yourself, other people, codependent on other people, or false gods of the world. We could forfeit living in the spirit versus living in the flesh. Kind of put that there because we just finished Easter, right? Was that last week? Wow, it seems like <laughs> a long time ago. We just finished Easter and our Jesus was raised from the grave. Then he appeared to many, many people, I think for 40 more days, hundreds of people, 
um, if you finish up the Gospels, if you read on. And then the first words of Acts are what? The first words of Acts, the angels came to the disciples and they told them to what? After Jesus was raised, the angel told them to wait, right? Wait. (laughs) Don't do anything. Wait for the Holy Spirit, my spirit. So Jesus left, was ascended into heaven, and uh, uh, the angels told them to wait. So the power of Jesus and Jesus' resurrection can be uh, uh, empowered in the body of Christ. So uh, we go astray by trying to do spiritual things without the Holy Spirit. That's called living in the flesh. Trying to do, live up to God's expectations um, in our own thinking, in our, our own mind, without having God's power with us. So Luke 15, let's continue on. Or... The analogy of what woman having 10 silver coins, it's a little small, so just, you guys know the story, I'm just going to read it. Or what woman would have 10 silver coins and loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the whole house, and search carefully until she finds it. And when she does, she, she calls all her friends and neighbors together and she says, rejoice with me, I have found my treasure, my coin that I have lost. So here's Jesus' interpretation of what all this means. Just so, like I tell you, there is more joy in the presence of angels of God over one sinner who repents. Repentant sinners have value. This is the meaning of the parable of the lost coin. This is the meaning of the parable of the lost sheep. We have meaning. We have value, even if we think we cannot be found. So we think about this a little bit. How can we lose value in this world? I was thinking, well, if we're the offspring of Adam and Eve, this world, we're going to be the subject of the sin of others or the sin from within, right? Maybe... uh, Loss from, obviously, the prodigal sons is obvious sin, overt sin, but also the sin of others as well. And I'm wondering how the sin of others or society has affected us. Let's think about that a little bit. I wrote down categorical discrimination. It's interesting, right, in grade school, if people are different from you, right? If people are different from you, they are to be bullied, <laughs> looked down upon. Uh, if you're not in the in crowd, you're out, you're out of it, right? We talk about cliques in grade school and grammar school. Um, we talk about in high school, uh, you know, what group you're with. You know, the little video that we saw, right? They were the, there was the good kids, and then there were the hippies, in the, the rebellious stage, right? Now, when I was growing up, it was the, you had the jocks over here, the eggheads, the brainiacs, and let's see, 
who else do we have? The jocks, the athletic people, the brainiacs, and I was neither one of those. What group did I fit in? Was that the, there had to be another group. I guess I was lost in high school. How about, how about you? What group did you identify with? Oh, the popular, right? The popular kids. <laughs> uh, but it goes on and on, right? After you get out of high school, it's uh, what tribe are you with? Who's your tribe? What team do you identify with? But categorical, categorical uh, discrimination, people that are different from us, um, you know, we live in a land of laws, fortunately, in America, where we uh, have laws against uh, gender discrimination, age discrimination, race, religion, disability. It's interesting, even if you're with a group that's uniform, right? Let's say you live in, you know, I don't know if you grew up in a, uh, let's see, most of you are um, Asian in the crowd, most, most of us, but your ethnicity, if you grew up in an area that was, that where you were a minority, right? It was a very awkward feeling to be a minority. Maybe it was being a woman uh, or your age. But even if you're in a uh, uniform area, right? They call it a homogeneous uh, uh, age group or, or ethnicity. I learned this from one of my Filipino friends at work that uh, I, I think we're possibly talking about this, is uh, growing up a minority or whatnot. And this person said, yeah, but if you grew up, uh, she was talking about specifically about Filipinos, but the, the application is broad as well. If every, everybody's the same, all right, so in my work area, I guess there are different, there are different nationalities, but we're all kind of minorities, <laughs> different minorities. But we're, we're kind of, uh, uh, still a minority, but we're different minorities, but we're still in the category of minorities. And she described this phenomenon that uh, I think is very true. She talked about a crab mentality. Even though you might not be a mi minority, but if everybody's uh, homogeneous and equal, everybody else is trying to stand out. <laughs> and climb above the crowd, or be a little more popular in, in the group. So in high school, if you have your jocks, if you have your brainiacs, if you have your popular people, within those homogeneous groups, where everybody's the same, I guess what it is, is there's always a pecking order, <laughs> right? There's always a pecking order. It's interesting. Well, we, we could be lost as well to even inside self-depreciation, we can lose value, self-deprecation, our thoughts, our voices that we tell ourselves. Maybe we've internalized the negative voices from without, and they've come inside. Maybe they came from our caregivers, our upbringing, the messages that we got from society. So Matthew says, it is not the will of our Father in heaven that one of these, that we should be lost in any, any way. So 
focusing our message today kind of on an application point. Being lost can be very multifaceted. And we could, be, we could be felt an outcast from society, an outcast from life, a lost job, a lost relationship, lost innocence, lost direction, lost esteem, lost morality. But the kingdom of God, God seeks and saves the lost. And there is hope and healing with God's message that not one of these should be lost, a lost sheep or the value of a lost coin. So that's how we should feel. We should feel like one of those sheep that God values and esteems. I'm going to introduce you to a song called Reckless Love. Um, it's, a, it's actually a, a reaction video. If you watch YouTube videos, people post things, they'll play a song, and they react to it. This particular um, musician was reacting to the song, not only the musicality of the song, but the lyrics of the song. But he comes from this perspective of being lost due to sin from other people, in this case, his stepfather, and abuse in the family. So I'm going to introduce it to you, and maybe we'll show the second half next time. But uh, here's the application point. So what you see here is a direct outcropping of the Jesus Revolution, <laughs> of uh, informal worship style, um, music, drums, not, no longer traditional. Uh, you know, there used to be an organ here if you didn't realize that or uh, more traditional uh, churches, they would have a pipe organ in the back that would just, uh, that was the, the uh, holy music. But this type of uh, uh, contemporary Christian music, contemporary uh, worship style, the, sing the songs that we sing, is a direct outcropping of uh, that movie that we were talking about. I stopped this video here because uh, he's, he not only as a musician is critiquing the song, but as a person of faith, he is going on the journey, really critiquing the lyrics of the song and how the music drive the lyrics as well. So I encourage you to, to take a listen to that on your own. It's called The Reckless Love of God. But we're going to close... Um, on this meditative song of kind of our theme today. Think about how we are lost. How are you lost? This particular uh, musician, he was lost due to the sins of others and the abuse of others. And it was a huge dark cloud on his life. Um, next week, we'll uh, see how his uh, life uh, turned out as well. But let's listen to this song here. It's by Tori Kelly. She was in the movie Sing, one of the voice characters. Um, it's kind of a stylized song, so I threw up some of the lyrics up there um, that you can try to follow along. But it's, uh, it kind of goes along with our theme here, and it's uh, about 
all is well with my soul. It's an oldie but goodie. It is well with my soul. God, we just, uh, oh, it's so good to be in the house, your house, God, home. God, we bring our struggles with you, God. Sometimes we feel lost from the sins of the world. Sometimes we feel the pain, the arrows all about us, God. And you tell us our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against powers beyond our control. So God, we forget just last week that we celebrated that you have paid the penalty for the sins of the world and that you have given us the gift, the down payment of your Holy Spirit to battle, to put on the full armor God, to uh, continue to live out this life and to usher in your kingdom and victory in our lives and those around us. God, we come together. Sometimes we feel lost. Help us to reach out just like the um, parables you described, God. It's easy to be comfortable where we're at, but give us your heart and eyes to seek out and have a heart for the lost, God, for you would leave the 99 and go after that one. And God, we're reminded, we're reminded today that we are that one, that you, there was no mountain you wouldn't climb up, no valley you wouldn't uh, go past to get to us, God, to save us. You are the God that seeks and saves the lost. In your son's name we pray. Amen.